This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Coleman's Department Store. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. Do us a solid. Check out our YouTube channel. This podcast is making me thirsty. Subscribe. Rate and review us on iTunes. If you dig it, please pass it on. Check out our website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. Email us at this podcast is making me thirsty at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at this thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at this thirsty. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 118. Today's guest is a stand-up comedian touring clubs and theaters all over the country. He's the co-host of two very popular podcasts. We might be drunk and Tuesdays with stories. You've seen him on Conan, Comedy Central, Netflix, Drogan Experience, and his latest special, Out to Lunch, has over 10 million views on YouTube. Please welcome Mark Norman. Mark, thanks for joining Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Not the stink guy, not the crook guy, evil eye. All right, that's one of my favorites. Keep them coming. That's a, late, that's a later season, but it's a, it's a, definitely an interesting episode. Oh, uh, those later seasons. Yeah, we'll dig into that. So, yeah, and I'm obviously a big Seinfeld fan, buddies with Jerry, the whole thing. But take us back. You're a New Orleans guy, uh, born in 83. So you were roughly, what, six or so when Seinfeld came about yeah when, when did you start getting into the show what season did you watch it live tell us a little bit about the the history of the show for you well uh the tv was a big thing in my house and nobody could agree on what to watch my dad was like news you know my dad's in a suit he's pissed off he wants the news on and my mom wanted to read and me and my brother he wanted to watch this i wanted to watch the simpsons so we could never come together on anything and i would put friends on or some you know horse shit like that and my right. dad could he was so bored with it he could predict every punchline and he could predict every storyline and so he was like this this is shit this is elementary this is weak but we'd all watch seinfeld and everybody liked it my mom's laughing i'm laughing i'm i'm eight i'm nine and i'm laughing but uh yeah i mean that's what really brought the the house together so Everybody approved of it and we could all get get on board. And then we even watched the reruns later, but it like brought us together as a family. There you go. Good to hear. Um, you know, it's interesting about that, too. You mentioned your dad calling out the, uh, you know, the plot lines and all that kind of stuff. That's exactly how, how I felt watching Seinfeld for the first time, you know, watching all these TV shows growing up, different strokes, family ties, whatever it was. Right. You could all formulas. You know what's going to happen. Then Seinfeld yeah. comes along, the jacket, you know, the, the phone message. <laughs> These episodes, you know, season two are just, I'm, you know, I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm like, this is just different. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't guess what was going to happen, right? In, uh, right? in, in the, in the baby shower, Jerry's getting shot up in a dream when the uh, FBI come, right? Like these things didn't happen on sitcoms where you're like, whoa, the main guy just got shot. What's happening? Like crazy things like that are happening. And, and you just, you know, you're, you never seen it before on TV, right? So. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the, the. I always say the best comedy is when smart people and dumb people like it. Like the Simpsons is obviously a brilliant show and right. dumb people are like, Hey, it's a fat guy. He's funny. 
And smart people are like, that's a great joke. Seinfeld had that. I mean, they're doing Master of the House. I mean, that's a Les Mis right, right. song from a Broadway play or a, a Victor Hugo book. And then they're doing uh, Death to Tyrants. You know, they're making jokes about Hinckley, the guy who shot Reagan. I mean, it was pretty sophisticated stuff, but I didn't get any of that. I was 11, but I still liked it and they liked it. So uh, that's a testament to how good the writing was. Yeah, it's interesting, too. We always talk about it. You, you, the, they never grew up, right? That was their whole thing. We're not men, Jerry, right? We're, we're, we're kids. And you're watching it as a, as a 13-year-old or a 10-year-old, and you you were, you know, with, with George, you know, George is eating on the phone to talk to a girl. I remember, like, the first time I called the girl, I'm like, oh, if I eat, I'll sell, you know, like that kind yes. of stuff. Like, you're, they're just their kids, you know? So you relate to them on that level. Um, right. And it, you know, Great it's interesting, point. too, from, from New Orleans. So, you know, as you're getting older, now you're in high school and stuff, are your buddies into it or is it still like you're kind of like on the outside looking in, in that respect where you're like, you're not, you know, tossing lines back and forth with them and stuff. Definitely a little, uh, definitely a little on the outsides looking in, then you get to college maybe and a few people get it, but uh, yeah, definitely at the time it was maybe a adult show. Um, so yeah, that was weird, but you know, yeah, they're saying words like Svengali and shit. <laughs> and I don't know what the hell's going on, but I knew the show was funny and I'd never seen anything like it. I love minutia. That to me, that's where the show is so great. I'm a neurotic weirdo. I'm not Jewish. I'm not from New York, but I still relate to the little things like, you know, uh, uh, that was a bad hello. What was up with that? Hello. He's got greeting problems, right. you know, and I, I would think I, I, I had a bad hello the other day or, or the eating on the, uh, the, the answering machine. Like you said, little stuff like that. So what was, you know, I think about like first memories of the show. You mentioned your family gathering around like we had, a, we've had, you know, Fiori, a couple of other guys, they mentioned like the Hamptons, like what was the first for me? I think it was the phone message, uh, season two. <laughs> That resonates, uh, tippy toe. Yeah. What do, you, what do you remember? Like which, which episode just like kind of, I guess, won your heart, if you will. That's a good question. My favorite episode is the dinner party. It's a Larry David episode. It's full of jokes. It's basically like stand up carrot yeah. cake. You don't make carrots into a cake. Come on. Black forest. Go, Ooh, scary. You know, all it's right, just right. joke, 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 joke. But the one that really blew my mind was the roommate switch. That was huge for me. Because uh, it had like that weird montage in it. You know, yeah, 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 the overhead shot guy. at the diner. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 with the spoon and the tearing right, right. the napkin and all that. And yeah, yeah. and then them working it out on the sidewalk. And they're at the end of their rope. You know, they got to order a pizza. George's like, let's take a day off. I love that they put that much work into such a simple thing. And they, they took it so seriously. To me, that was great. And then another one was when... Jerry was trying to get away from Ramon. He was like, I got enough friends. The pool guy, yeah. The pool guy's like, I can't have any more friends. You know, I, I don't want to hang out with you. That that was crazy to see. Every sitcom is all about like coming together and we're all cool. And then, you know, there's heart. And this was like, ah, this guy sucks and I hate him. That was huge. I'd never seen that on TV. Right. Yeah. That you mentioned a season six and a season seven there. Um, you know, the male unbonding, which is early, obviously a season one, which a lot of people poo-poo on, that had a little bit of uh, I don't want to be your friend anymore either. But uh oh, you know, yeah. I, I, I got you on, on the season on those two episodes, especially the dinner party. That's easily a top ten. There's no doubt about that. Oh, really? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Dinner party for sure. Um 
But, um, you know, it's interesting, too. You mentioned the minutia before, and, and we we kind of always try. I mean, O'Hara can, O'Hara's whole thing, you know, and I kind of agree with him, Bob. It's not just his thing. But we kind of say, like, the show could have ended after season five, right? After 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 the opposite. I could have been kind of like, that's that's kind of a bookmark, and, and we're, you know, we're done with it. But, right. you know, if it didn't end, so it's almost like the end of a chapter, right? So Larry Charles leaves after season five. Tom Sharonis leaves after season five. Uh, and then LD leaves after season seven. So it's almost like three different shows in a way. Right, the undertones right. are all there, but we're getting three different shows almost from, you know, postseason five to seven. And then, then eight and nine are, are different. You know, we're we're fans, you know, overall, the whole show, obviously. But three and five are probably our two favorite seasons. Really? Um, yeah. Flip a coin on them, but it's probably three or five. What do you, what do you got there? Where are you at? That's what well, we know. Where are you thinking? I love five. Five is amazing. I feel like five is really when they, they were all cylinders running, but I yeah. think uh, six pound for pound, I think best, best episodes back to back to back. There's the best run of it. There's not like a bad one in the bunch on six. And they got a little wackier, but not too yeah. wacky. So it was just Fair. the right amount. And it was Larry David on the way out. So I think he was he was kind of swinging for the fences. So that's the Jimmy. And uh, what else is there? That, you got the a, doorman in that one. You, yep, got, yep. Uh, you got the Chinese woman in that one. You got the big oh. salad in that one. You got the race in that one. Oh, the race. The race rhymes are crossed. The race. Come on. This is a banger season. We, we talked to Duncan, uh, Duncan Meyer. On, really? On the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About uh, about that scene. You know, that's a, that's a top. See, that's a top. That's a top 10 scene. O'Hara will, will attest. I mean, we, we, when we went over Easily. that episode, that's a top 10 scene for sure. You know, really, you know, really let your hair go. What are those canvas? The whole <laughs> the whole thing there. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, the Guggenheim uh, edition. Um, didn't take that long either. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a top 10 scene for sure. I just don't know if I can plant the whole season there, but, but to your point, it is the bridge, right? Season six is definitely the bridge right, from, right. From, from the season, you know, two through five, um, to, to where, where it leads. Right. So we're assuming if we had to guess, you tell us, um, you know, is George your guy uh, as far as the show oh, goes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. 100%. I mean, 100%. All, all day long. Look, they're all great. They're all great in their own ways. But uh, that character with that actor, I mean, let's be honest. The guy seems like a nightmare offstage. He's a little pretentious, a little cocky. I, I got all the box sets. And anytime he talks, it's like, what I was trying to do, you're like, ah, all right, all right. But man is he good in that role and the look the the way he looks and the way he's uh tries to swindle everybody and the, the bereavement fair was that wrong was was that wrong having sex with the maid i mean the, i mean it, it's too good now that's the masseuse doesn't like him he chases around and it's gold now that's great george now there is bad george season eight and nine is bad george can bad you admit george all right, good. Not great, not great. A holy cow, all that shit. Oh, just and, like the, uh, the just starts yelling. And 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 he admittedly talks about that too. They didn't know how to write for him. They had all these Harvard writers, like we said. They lost the kind of the core Larry David stuff. But yeah. listen, we we heard you on Nate uh, Bargetzi's uh, podcast, and oh, you yeah. were you were fawning over season eight. Was that just to like agree with them, or, or are you into season eight? <laughs> I think it has moments. It has moments. It's like a George Carlin special. You know, there's 14 of them. And a lot of it gets a little, whatever, redundant. But there's gems in all of it. I think even season eight has gems in it. 
somewhere scattered throughout. The muffin tops, Mark. Come on. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's it's not <laughs> the finest hour, but I do think there's some 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 jewels dropped in. Not a lot, but there's some in there. Yeah, and, it's and like the peanut re- in, in a trail mix. Yeah, listen, to, yeah, for for sure. I mean, for us, like season three, the episode that always just comes to mind is the Keith Hernandez episode. Something about I think that kind of just it was, a spring, was a springboard for the show with you know yeah. Obviously, yeah. Jerry and um, so speaking about that, so Jerry does the stand-up comedy stuff. When you're a kid growing up with your family, like was that ingrained in your head? You wanted to become that, and on the show, you saw Jerry kind of doing stand-up, or no correlation? I mean, look, living in Louisiana, uh, low self-esteem. I, I didn't even see it as an option. I loved it. I, I I idolized it, but I didn't even you know. I was like, I could never. It's like it's like saying, oh, are you watching Keith Richards and going, I'll be playing the guitar. That, that's what it felt like to me. So it it somehow morphed into that over years, and then the idea that I know the fucking guy. Don't even get me started on that. Like that's that's how long life is that it can just you can just keep adding new shit to it. But uh, no, I never I never even didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> I just, it's like being an astronaut. Like, Oh, that's, that's for them. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, we, we could touch on that a little bit too. You're, you know, opening for Jerry, I'm calling you on the Met game, the whole nine there, but uh, sticking to the show a little bit more, yeah. you know, um, Ohio just brought up the boyfriend and we were, we're harping on George just cause it's so great. But you know, my whole thing is, our whole thing is always George behind a desk. If someone else is behind the desk talking to George, you know, whether it's the bra salesman, whether it's Mrs. Sokol at the, uh, at the unemployment office, whether it's yes. Littman you brought up, was that wrong? Right. Whatever, you know, Mike, I like to read Mike Lupica, whatever George has to like start to kind of build up that, that kind of lie behind someone yeah. on the desk. I mean, that's George, right? Uh, I mean, that's, that's who George is. As we talked about the later seasons, it, it kind of gets more a bit of, oh, and all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it does. Just, just keep keeping on, on the, you talked about the minutia. I mean, that's what season three is. I mean, we're talking, it doesn't get more minutia than like the subway, you know, or, or, you know, even the, the Chinese restaurant, a lot of people like to talk about from season two. Um, I'm just, you know, we're curious, like when you, you, when you're done watching this, you're watching it live with your family, you said, right. But now reruns start coming on. I don't know what it's like in new Orleans in New York. We basically, you know, 11, 1130 every night, channel 11, we're watching Seinfeld reruns and we're yep. talking about them in school the next day. Right. Um, you know, it, at what point is it sinking into you that like, like Ohio just kind of mentioned, like, this is, this is something I want to be doing. I know, I know you kind of touched on it, but I'm curious, like, was it, was it stand up or was it, uh, the show that kind of hooked you on comedy. Does that make sense? Is it stand up yeah. comedy or is it, or is it comedic television? That's kind of where your mind's going. That's a good question. I mean, obviously the show, the show is probably like the stand up is great. He's a, he's a legendary stand up, but the show might be superior just because it's so groundbreaking, so original, so different. And people still, you watch TV shows now and you're like, Oh, that's ripping off Seinfeld. That's ripping off Seinfeld. Like how I met your mother has a ton of Seinfeld stolen stuff but um the stand-up was great and we all watched i'm telling you for the last time because that came out right after the show had ended so he was like white hot you know he was the biggest american icon but uh the show it was just i just loved the show the show meant a lot to me but stand-up i i saw him doing the hbo special but i was like maybe i'll just i looked at it more as like maybe i'll just be like a 
like a like a jam band. I'll just be like a little you know comic who does it for fun. I never thought it would go anywhere, really. Right. So <clears throat> it's two, interesting. Two different too. planets. Yeah, we're talking. You know, we're talking a little bit of stand up now. We've had a lot of the writers of Seinfeld on. Um, uh, most notably, uh, Tom Leopold was just uh, just Ooh. talked to us recently, and uh, a lot of these writers, you know. They talk about the story is is the big thing for them. Like we're we're talking as fans, we're always talking lines. Like wow, that was a great line. That was a great line. That, yeah. that joke was great. But for them, it's all about a story. Like they they have to come up with these stories all the time. They're thinking about their real lives, what stories happen, that kind of thing, right? Um, and I kind of was trying to equate that to stand up, where you're, you know, you're writing jokes, right? You have a punchline, yeah. like like you know your joke about uh, the earphones, right? I forgot my earphones oh, yeah. uh, in my own head, and then you kind of end it with the sleeping part, right? And yeah, I could sleep on a gravel road, uh, right. you know. But that that's the joke, right? I could sleep on a gravel road, right? But you tell the whole story leading up to that. Yes. So that's so boy, where, that's a great great call. So where 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 is your mind? My question is, where is your mind start? Does your mind start with that joke with the gravel road or are you and then fill in the story? Or are you saying, I got a great story. How do I end it with a punchline? I mean, just generally speaking, sort of ish. If you know, uh, it's, you know. a, it's a good question. I think it, it starts almost like a meal. Like, all right, you're like, I want to have a steak tonight. Then you want you want the salad with it. Do you want broccolini? Do you want mashed potatoes? Whatever the hell. Do you want gravy on top of the steak? Do you want it to have a uh, whatever? I don't know. So I think the I can't sleep is the steak. All right. That's, that's where I'm at. Now let's build around it. And if you want a full meal, which is a joke, all it, all the steak is, is a premise. But if you want the full meal, you got to write the punchlines and that's the hard part. Uh, so once you got that premise and the, actually the more, bro- the more uh, broad the premise is, the harder it is to write a joke about it. Like not being able to sleep. That's pretty vague. You know, that's, that's hard. If, if it's specific, it's easier to write the joke. So uh, that's just something that's been noodling in my brain. Like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. How do I make this funny? You know, every, a lot of people can't sleep. They, they bitch about it. It's not funny. So right. making it funny is the hard part. So you need both. You need the story and you need the lines. But if you could just have the story, but now you're just writing NYPD Blue, you know, <laughs> like now it's not a comedy show. So you need both. But I don't know if that answers your question, but the, uh, the lines are, I feel like the lines in Seinfeld are more important. Hmm. So yeah, being a standup, you're out there on an Island, like you sink or swim on your own. I think the beauty of Seinfeld was the collaboration and, and for us, like, and we've talked to 70 guest stars now, like they shine, right? You're a season six guy. So I'm assuming you're like a Katia guy, you know, I'm trying to think who, uh, who are some of your favorite? <laughs> who are some of your favorite guest stars um, across the board throughout the years? I mean, you know, you you hate to be a hack, but you can't you can't do much better than Putty. Uh, really, Putty Martin. guy. Okay, a Putty guy. Wow, right. Love Putty. Love Putty. I, I love. Pu- I, I I do love Putty. Um, but he's later. Yeah, he's later. I know. Exactly. There's a little bit there with Putty that's. But Put- Putty is a great character. Yeah. Uh, um, but. Unfortunately, he is in the later episode where it's not really utilizing. I don't know. It's a, it's it's it's. I, I, I you can't go wrong with Putty. I agree with that. I mean, no one's going to yeah. say no to Putty, right? But right, you know, um, you know, a lot, a, lot people, a lot of people jump on Bookman. A lot of people jump on the 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 you know the Moyle from from uh, from the Briss. 
Um, Moyle's up know, there. He, he's up there with best character actor. Jimmy murdered that part. You know, we mentioned Duncan earlier. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Costanzas. You know, everyone loves the parents. Um, you can't go wrong with the parents. Yeah. You know, what was funny is, uh, yeah, I mean, George's dad is unbeatable. But who was funny was that Asian guy who runs Hop Sings. That guy was fucking great. Uh, the Moyle was great. And I, pre- I prefer Ping. Uh, Ping wasn't bad. Ping was bad. <laughs> Obviously, good. Newman's a killer, but I would can't, I would call him a, a character yeah, in the show. I wouldn't primary. call him a guest star. Right. Uh, Peterman was good, but again, late later. Yeah, yeah. but he, yeah, he, yeah, he was a friend of the show. But yeah, he's in a, but he's a, he's a great character. Um, yeah. Okay, Vanya. Vanya's great. Yeah, again, late. But I feel like they relied on these guys a little more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're season back. six guy. Season six, one of the all-time best for me is the doorman with um, Larry Miller. Larry Miller. Larry Miller yeah, played yeah. that real well. I'm just a doorman. Huh? Like, that was, he played that, he played that real well. <laughs> he nailed it. They're like best friends in real life, yeah, too. So yeah, was, yeah, he was runner-up for George, as, as the story goes, I guess, that's right? That's right. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so, Mark, you, you know, your podcast, you enlist, I know you reference Seinfeld kind of pretty much the whole time. I mean, but you also yeah. notice, you also note that your fan, a lot of younger fans don't get it. Does that like, right. Does that, I mean, listen, it bothers us that people think eight and nine are the, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, but I guess yeah. to their own, but obviously when the core of your show is making these references and you know, these funny lines, it's, it's a little frustrating that they'll get it. So how do you, how do you educate these guys on, on the show? Well, we're lucky in the fact that the show seems to keep living on. I mean, not only does it come on on reruns four times a day, but now it's on Netflix and it was on Hulu before that. So it's kind of has this resurgence all the time and it still holds up. Like, even though there's no cell phones, there's no Twitter jokes, there's no uh, Tinder online dating stuff. It still holds up. There's still people making modern Seinfeld. What would Seinfeld be like today? So I'm hoping people get it. And much like I said before, I don't know who the fuck, I didn't know who Hinkley was, but the right. joke still hit and I still got through the show as a, as an 11 year old. So I think it's, it's okay. I think it can be done. Not everybody's going to get every reference, but I got kids on the street going, it's all pipes. And I can tell they've never seen the show. So it, it, it finds its way of working itself out, but it, it does worry me that we might look like lunatics just saying, uh, you know, look to the cookie, you know, and they're like, what the hell are they talking about? So, right. I mean, I'm sure you're doing it for yourself, though, at that point. Right. Yeah. You each other laugh. Um, yeah. Um, oh, let me just say this. We're talking yeah, yeah. character actors. One one uh, honorable mention I forgot to throw out is Elaine's roommate was good. Oh, oh yeah. We talked to her, too. The redhead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're yeah. Talking about Siobhan, yeah. Siobhan Fallon. Yeah. Siobhan oh, Fallon. Yeah. Amazing. We talked to Siobhan. Yeah. She's awesome. SNL, the whole thing. Jerry. She was great. The- uh, Toby. Toby Talk with to the Toby pinky too. toe. Yeah, the cops. You did? Yeah, yeah. She was wow. great. Wow. She, she killed it. Yeah, Toby was great. And, uh, oh, I had one more. And I, oh, oh, the guy who drove the, the, the black town car with the deaf woman. Metallica. 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 That guy. He was are you a, Are you a Lloyd Braun 1 or Lloyd Braun 2 guy? I like 1. Yes. yes. We talked to him too. All right. <laughs> uh, it's a well, shame. Uh, he could yeah, he uh he he was from Canada. He couldn't get a visa or some nonsense to get back, so they yeah. got the guy from uh Police Academy. Police Academy. Holy yeah, he was shit. Supposed to be there. Yeah. Fun fact. 
Yeah, it was a shame too because he's great, man. He was uh, great. He was Your so much goes fun. like this. <laughs> I mean, that's great, George, right there. The desk with the doctor. He's, he's like, it's a mystery, I guess. Actually, no, it's not. But the doctor just like shuts it right down. It's like I just think I, I love that George will never break. Like if no, you have never. Up, it's like Amber Heard. You got him up against it. You're caught in a lie, and he still will. He'll never cave. Right. I love that. He has. He's a piece of shit. He's selfish, but he has some scruples where he's like, I'm not backing down. Yeah. The first, the first inkling of that in my mind was the visa. When, when he goes the door, why would he use the door? The window is right there. When she's like, how'd you go out and get, you know, to spill the stuff all over the <laughs> yes, IT test. Yes. And he just doesn't even break. He's just like the door. Why would I use the door? The window is right there. When I first heard him say that, man, that was, that's when you knew that's Costanza, you know, that's who, uh, um, the king. Like, yeah. like, like, I don't know that I'm an idiot. I know my alleys. I mean, there's so many great lines. It's too, it's too good. You ever feel like you got a haircut? You didn't? Yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Laura. Well, uh, another hot topic, Elaine. What's your yeah. take on Elaine? I mean, for uh, for me personally, when she loses the poof, I- I'm done with her. Like, she really? just, yeah, listen, she became a little too, like, just became, like George became a different character in these uh-huh. later years. I don't know. I leather just, jacket all of a sudden. Yeah, I had a soft Elaine. spot for like like uh, cutesy Elaine and even the Mr. Pitt stuff season six I, I enjoyed. Um, Interesting. When, yeah, when she became that bossy like Peterman type and the st- stupid dancing. Oh. Again, you, you see where we're leaving. The Mexican but, restaurant uh, one, forget it. One of the worst episodes of all time. Uh, her dancing around. Big, big oh, that was bad. That was bad. Horrible, yeah. Horrible. They ruined her. Yeah, I never, I never uh, really thought about it. I, I was so, uh, I was so in love with her that, uh, and she looked so much hotter in the later seasons with the long hair. Yeah, you without know the hot's poop. not funny. You know, hot's not. I mean, of you know, course, like, yeah, like. Uh, hey, Mark, rewatch the Jimmy episode. Uh, okay, I know. Yeah, well. she's smoking in the Jimmy. Actually, that's with the uh, uh, JFK the, Jr. JFK yeah. Jr. Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about I mentioned the bisque? She turns that it was, on. Was... You don't think she put asses in the seats? That's when she turns it on with. Uh... Dalrymple, right, right, that's right. Yeah, ketchup. But oh uh, well, you just brought up yada yada. Yeah. Well, listen, Mel and we love Peter, the show. Peter Mel, <laughs> he wrote it. I love the sincerity of this. <laughs> and even and even Melman says, you know, he didn't think that was the big joke that was going to take off. He thought that the anti death type stuff was funnier. I agree. Yeah. yeah. But the, at that seven, eight, nine, it becomes all about these like kitschy little catchphrases and not about yeah. fun anymore, right? Right. right. Well, like yada yada, you know, I, I get it, but um, yeah, uh, you know. I, I agree. But sometimes the the catchphrases weren't catchphrases; we made them catchphrases. That's how good they were. Like, uh, not there's anything wrong with that. Obviously, they they pushed that on us a few right. times, but that's a good line. Great line. Well, the yada yada, they were, uh, Melman told Jan Cryer, this is going to be a big show. We're like, the network's oh. money behind it, essentially, promoting right. hell out of it, blah, 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 to create catchphrases, which, right. again, this is Larry's leaving. Well, actually, let's get into Larry a little bit. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk about a little curb. I know, I, I you know, it's, it's curb, is curb, does curb Trump Seinfeld for you? I got the sense it might, but I'd like to get your take on that, you know, while we got you here. I I love Larry. Larry David's like my all time number one hero guy, yeah. him and Norm MacDonald, maybe. But like yeah. uh, Larry David, I, I got to say, curb is good, but I think it misses more than Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Curb is like 
like a great comic who's just throwing a bunch of shit out there. And you're like, that was good. That was good. But Seinfeld is like a honed, worked out. Everything is perfect. And so as much as Seinfeld is more mainstream and cleaner and Curb is like loosey goosey punk rock on HBO, we can do whatever we want. I got to go Seinfeld at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. And that's a great assessment. The way it's kind of like we were talking about before, the way I look at, at, at Curb is, you know, they're ad-libbing a lot of all that. Right? right. So it's not right. home jokes that they wrote. So it's, it can miss. And what it misses like Curb has the premise down all the time. All the like, time. This is the greatest premise ever, right? This, yes. I was going to yes. go in. This is going to happen. But now they got to make it work. It's got to hit every time. And it's like it doesn't always, like you said, it, it sometimes misses. Whereas Jerry, they're writing that and they're making sure it's perfect every time. So, right, right. So so Curb has the ability to catch lightning in a bottle. Oh, right. my God, this is this is unwritten. Like this happened just magically. But it can all, you know, if you're looking for lightning in a bottle, you're going to you're not going to get it a lot of times. That's why it's lightning in a bottle. Did you audition for Curb or did I miss that? I thought I heard you talk about that. Was that that you could bring up or what's going on? <laughs> what happened? I there? did. I did. And I, I've auditioned for nine million things, a million self-tapes. I've never gotten one thing, not one. And uh, I auditioned for Curb. And for some reason, I got in my head like, hey, I know Jerry. Uh, it'll come through that I, I want to be on the show so badly. He's my idol but I didn't get on it and it crushed me. And I know oh, the so, guy who got on it. Oh man. But LD yeah. wasn't involved in your audition then. Say it again. Was Larry involved in your audition? No, it was a self tape. Oh, I shot it, in New York it. and I okay. sent it out to LA, right. but he's doing another season. So <laughs> I got another shot maybe. All right, man. So who was, who was the guy that got it? Uh, this guy, John Rodninsky. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's such a better actor than I am. Like I didn't know how big the part was. I thought I was auditioning for like a, you know, like I'm the guy at the at the supermarket who says something stupid and he makes fun of me. But I was actually auditioning for like a character in the show. Which so I'd have been out of my pay grade. You, yeah. you mentioned, uh, oh, I know Jerry. So we, we were missing. We didn't bring it up. We don't go too deep into it. But the relationship with Jerry, I don't know. Is it? Did, are you glad it happened? Are you glad he called you out on that Met game? I know. I want to know who is the best young up and coming comic that we should keep our eyes on. There's a young guy out there named Mark Norman who has not broken yet, but is I have met and I've talked to. And the guys I look for are the hardcore crazy guys. That when I talk to them about Buddy Hackett, they know who I'm talking about. Or, or, or Rickles, or they know the history, they know Klein, they know you know the heritage of the profession. And Mark Norman is one of those guys. So I, I, I like him. Keep an eye out. I know it didn't have any huge impact, but now it's like you're bombarded with these questions all the time about, oh, do you talk to Joe? Does he text you? Like, it's get annoying or you still like be glad? I think it's such a insane thing that I know this guy that I, I'm so glad. And look, if I get canceled, if I get killed, if I get run over tomorrow, I have that video clip of him going, hey, I like this new comic, Mark Norman. Like, you can't take that away from me. You can take my career away. You can take my wife away, my kids, my dick, whatever you want. I got that forever. So, and I, I, I met the guy. I hung out with the guy. I had pizza with him and wine. And we talked comedy and shop. And I wouldn't change anything for the world. So, of course, I love that that happened. And I want more he's, of it to happen. But I'm too scared to bug him. <laughs> he's He's untouchable. All right? I mean... No one is critical of this guy. It's right. Like, eh, 
no, no. He's I got, feel like he's comics when I, I I do I do I watch a lot of these podcasts. A lot of these comics, they uh, in your generation, a lot of them do take some digs. They don't. He's not risky enough. Where you hear his Marin interview, like Marin was even trying to dig at him. I like right. how he came back with Marin. Funny's funny. Like that's the hard part. Being funny is what he basically told Marin. Like you don't need to get to know me. I don't need to be edgy. I'm funny. Period. I that's agree. It. I completely and agree. He shut him up, which I liked. You know, but. Um, yeah, completely. I hate this whole thing where comics have to be truth tellers and right, right, and, and uh, edgy and push the line. Like, yeah, you can, but you don't have to. And yeah, why? Your number we, one why job we want to put ourselves in a box. Right, right, so, right. No, no, no. Your your number one job is to be funny, you know, and that's why. Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting though. You know, you talk about you're in the green room with Jerry. You're eating that pizza with Jerry, right? Obviously, your mind's blown, like you said. Yeah. But, but when you do kind of get in the moment with him and he's just a dude eating pizza right at that point, you know, at some point it has to sink in that it's just a guy eating pizza who's a comic like me. Right. It's not this, you know, hero of mine, all this stuff at that point, maybe. Um, what are you kind of soaking in? Like whether it was directly or indirectly, what are you learning from him? I'm sure you're trying to soak in every moment of those, oh, yeah. you know, interactions. Is there anything you're taking away from that that you kind of have, have kind of taken with you, whether it's comedy related or just life in general? Yeah, good question again. Boy, you're on it today. Uh, so I met him in a green room of a comedy club. He did a set and I had to go on after him, which is a nightmare for every every non-famous guy because they don't care. The audience has seen, you know, Jerry Seinfeld. They don't Now I come by and they go, oh, let's go to the bathroom, you know. So I happened to have a good set after him. He watched me. We went to the green room. And I was shitting blood the whole, I'm just like, ah, the guy I've been watching is right here in front of me. We're in a room, like a five by five room sitting across from each other talking. He's got a Mets hat on and a t-shirt and a leather jacket. And I'm like, ah, that voice, that face, it's, it's blowing my mind. But literally within six minutes, it, it felt like just another comic. He's just a dude from Long Island who likes baseball cards, baseball cars and comedy. So it, it, it weirdly dissipated in like six minutes. And don't get me wrong. I was still trying to be funny and likable and I wanted him to like me. But at one point he goes, take my number, take my number. And I was like, ah, and I go, <laughs> I go, I'll never use this. And he goes, use it, use it. So the whole thing is insane. But yeah, we went, we did a show together. Then we got pizza after at some like crazy hole in the wall in Hell's Kitchen. And I remember sitting there going, by that time we had done the shows, we had worked together, we we'd sat in a green room, now we're in a restaurant. So it was pretty normal. But I remember literally thinking, this will end. Absorb this, absorb this. Be in the moment, but absorb, absorb. And then we finished. I didn't want it to end. And he got into a black car, like an SUV. And he goes, you're going to be good? And I go, I'm going to be great. And I walked 60 blocks home in the middle of the night, in the winter, in a suit, and just soaked it all up. Wow. Sorry, that got a little queasy. No, nah, that's, that's, hey, that's, that's, that's what it's all about, dude. You grinded your ass off for it, so. I, well, I would, suppose he could swivel. If, if I'm sitting there getting pizza with him, I would ask him something like that. Why'd you dump the girl who only ate the peas one at a time? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> you know how hard it was not to bring up the show? Because yeah, that's what I'm asking. Why? Not like, at all. You didn't bring up what, not anything. Not he doesn't want to talk about it. Everybody, well, well, yada, yada. What's the deal with that? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to talk about that at all. So I knew, I knew that going in. 
So I just treated him like a comic. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's his obviously his passion is bread and butter. But uh, you, you know, you, you meet you meet Bob Dylan, you don't want to go. Uh, how'd you write uh, like a Rolling Stone? And he's gonna be like, all right, right all right. I'm 78 years old. Interesting you brought up Dylan because my whole thing with Dylan is I, I'm a big Dylan fan, but I became a big Dylan fan. I was about 20 years old taking a songwriting class at a community college. And I'm not bragging here, but uh, so uh, I, I'm taking this songwriting class and the teacher keeps talking about Dylan. So I'm like, I'm going to learn about Dylan. But I thought, let me let me start with his first album and listen to that. And the second album, listen to that and go in order the way he released them. So uh-huh. I can kind of see the progression, right? Because Free Will and Dylan is way different than than Highway 61 Dylan, like Earl oh, and Stone, yeah. right? So you kind of have to know that or or you're not going to. So that's kind of my point, too, with Seinfeld, where we hear these people who are like, oh, season nine is great. The f- season three is weak. It's like you got to go back and watch it in order. You have to see yes. what George was in season three. And then you'll see how he changed in season eight and realize that this is the real George. No, ho, ho is not the real George, right? <laughs> So, I mean, that 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 Dylan, I always like to use that Dylan analogy because because it's such a, uh, you know, he's so prolific that things change right over time. And you right. kind of have to go in as much as you can be in the moment of, of the time. There's no question there. I was just talking. I don't know. Maybe. If you no, no, no. I, I completely agree. Uh, had to go see my parents. <laughs> it was like a date. Yeah, I know yeah, it too yeah. well, you know, but. Um, All right. we, we haven't touched on season four. All right. If you say four is your favorite, you got no argument from me. Hey, listen, it's it's the only season with an arc, obviously the pilot, and then we have a couple throw in there with the you know the junior mint and uh, you want to talk about a run. Season four has some runs, dude. Oh yeah. I don't love the pilot. I don't I mean no wait, no, sorry. The LA pilot when they go to LA. I don't love that stuff. The trip. Yeah, that's what's called season four at the trip. That wasn't my favorite, but but the the pilot, the arc with that whole bubble boy Chiverlet. Bubble Boy Cheever Letters Opera Virgin Contest Airport. Are you beating that run right there? I don't Are love you... Cheever Letters either, but no, Whoa. you're right. No, I... Cheever Letters. Huh? Rewatch it tonight, dude. <laughs> it felt like a stretch. It felt like a stretch. You didn't care about the guy. I don't know. But but opera's great. I feel I like these opera folk. I feel tough. You know, yeah. Great. Um, crazy Joe. Crazy Joe Devola. Yeah, yeah. And the Virgin is unreal. Uh they're in the closet. He's like, I come from a broken home. Really? If your dad left? No, actually, the home was falling in on itself, or whatever the job. I mean, I love that episode. Yeah, That's it seems. I, it's oops, sorry, go ahead. Elaine, sorry, I'm on I'm on a roll here with the with that episode. The, the Elaine goes, uh, she's trying to tell her about sex. She's like, you know, man, it's overrated. Sex, their body, it's like a Jeep. It's for getting around. I remember hearing that line as a kid, and my mom left. That's great, Elaine. Yeah, that's, that's great, great Elaine. Elaine. That's great, Elaine. And it's also, I'm noticing that you like. Jerry, I have to say they're Jerry's or probably not, but you like when there's a joke joke. In yeah, there. you like yes. the joke jokes in the show. It seems like whenever there's like a joke joke, which we're, we're guessing is probably Jerry doesn't have to be. But it sounds like, you know, that that's what happens with these scripts is Larry, Larry and Jerry basically basically, you know, take a take a run at him once the uh, you know, once the writers. Right. Them. But yeah, it sounds like what do we got here? This is a pin I have. <laughs> Can you read that? I'd rather be watching Seinfeld. There you go. Yeah. Mostly Seinfeld stuff. Check them out. They give me a bunch of free shit. We can send you a mug if you want. Give me a mug. Mug is the ass man. Mark is standing. There you go. So, Mark, if there's a, you know, you're flipping through the channels, Comedy Central, whatever, an episode comes up. Is there an episode that comes up you will skip? Yes. And this might be sacrilege. This might 
this might make you close the laptop here, but some of this episode rubs me the wrong way. I've seen it 800 times and I I'll, I'll still probably watch it, but I hate the bus boy. I'm sorry. All right. It's not, not terrible take. I mean, it does have Elaine's great Van Wick scene, which is to me, Elaine's True. breakout scene of the show. Uh, but I get your point on the overall show. It's, it's not, it's, you know, and it's your first, it's your first George Kramer kind of right. your first connection. So this is my point about going back. When you watch that bus boy live, it kind of blew our minds a little bit where it's like, whoa, like it all came together. You know, Elaine's great uh, Van Wick, uh, you know, yeah. to beat the Van Wick, but, but as an overall, yeah, I mean, I, I can see a skip on the bus boy, you know, I'd give it another look though, but the, the puerta, whatever, whatever he yeah, says. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that guy. I hate I that guy. I, I can see that. That guy is annoying. But when he hugs, when he hugs George, I kind of like that. But anyway, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But they, I they love give George's too much airtime with, with the pom-pom. I think he wears the green bull hat with the pom-pom. Yeah. Top of it. All right. What's your, uh, your thoughts on the soup Nazi? Well, the soup Nazi was big. I know that's a little later, but I mean, Mulligatani, it's like I'm talking to my Aunt Sylvia here. I got to go home and get a big pot, jambalaya. I don't know. That one, it's got the two gay guys in it that are the street toughs. I love that. Uh, so that one has so much for me. I know it's a later ep, but, uh, you know, just just the idea that Spike Ferriston, there's a soup Nazi guy that all the Letterman writers would go to. Right. And he made this show about it and it became iconic. And, uh, you know, what, what is it? Uh, uh, I didn't get any bread. Just forget it. Let it go. Schmoopy, schmoopy, schmoopy. I don't know. There's a lot of good in that one. I love the schmoopy on that one. Don't get me wrong. I yeah. actually like that better than, than the actual uh, soup stuff. I love Allie Wenworth. They're <laughs> so good with the soup. Two people sit on the same side of the, in a booth when George comes yes. in. That's great. That's just great, George. And then George comes in and they try to compete. I mean, that's yeah. gold. Yeah, that is. That's good stuff. I, I give so them that. I'm, I'm on board with Soup Nazi. Why? Are you guys not a fan? O'Hara, I mean, I'll budge a little bit here and there on a, on a season seven. He won't even give a season seven any credit. <laughs> I, mean, I respect I, it. I like it's the hot. Uh, I'll take the hot tub any day of the week on a season. No, it's a gun. The, the, the ride is one of my favorite. No soup for you. A little catchphrase again. Like I said, gun to my head. Gun to my head. It, it could end with the opposite. I'd be happy. I mean, but right. I think America, and I, this is what I think. I could be wrong. I think America, if they had to pick a number one episode, I think it's the marine biologist. You? That's you? No, I think if America picked. Oh, I think, really? I think that's kind of the consensus we see around Twitter and everything. But I, I don't know. What do you What do you think if you had a poll, you know? Um, I, I would have said the soup Nazi probably. But... Um, I think it's the contest. That's a good question. I think it's the contest for me. I think the, I think, oh. I think the contest was the episode that like kind of just blew everyone's minds. Like, yeah, this is what they're talking. It's, you know, it's first time you see his mom and it, it starts off with him just talking about that. I mean, you're watching this, you're talking about you watch with your parents. Like this yeah. show is not as like I, my kids are 10 and eight and I, I, they always want to watch Seinfeld and I'll put it on. And then I'll be like, Oh shit, this is the one where the guy gives, you know, goes down in the lane. I can have to, you know, so it's always like, there's always something that's like very adult that you kind of have to, you know, kind of, worry about Criti critically acclaimed yeah. i'd say yes but like for women i think marine biology is safer bet for america right, right. You know? and and that hole in one thing at the end was like ep that was epic. you know hole in one it's a titleist yeah that was big so 
but yeah, I mean, the contest, I mean, that was Emmy award winning. Uh, Larry David went up and gave a speech about being bald. Um, so yeah, that was, that was huge. I'm out. They never say the word masturbation either. Oh nope. yeah. It's incredible. You know, it's just, it's absolutely incredible how, how they, they, did that a lot. They, they handled everything like that. You know, the writing in, in the, you know, this and that with the, with the deal early on where, you know, Jerry and Elaine kind of get together and they talk about this and that and, and just, yeah. uh, you know, George getting the tap. They, they handle so many topics, you know, that are, that are so, you know, taboo, whatever you want to call it. And that's what's yep. hilarious too, is people always say Jerry's not, you know, not blue. He's too clean. All this stuff. It's like that show is, was as dirty as it gets for a nine o'clock sitcom on NBC. You know, it's just oh, it's yeah. so well written, you know? And oh, dude. They had, a, they had an oral rape joke with the Tim Watley scene. I was spitting and rinsing like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's oral rape. They had the penthouses in the, in the, the lobby or the, the waiting room. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh man. <laughs> there's there's no better there's no better way to finish than with Tim Wally, Mark. So <laughs> we uh we Big appreciate fan. the time, man. This was uh thank this you so was much, fun. man. Oh hey, thank you. What are you kidding? This I could do this shit all day. Uh send Jerry a text, let him know how it went, and uh we'll, and when Mark, we're, we're more than happy to come on with you and Joe and you can grill us on uh Okay. I mean, have you gotten him on yet? Ah, bugging him, man. We're bugging him. You put I'll in the talk good word. to him. I'll talk to him. He's, <laughs> he's with you. Is it? He's with you, Chris. I mean, he. You bring up seven and eight. He. He'll. He'll just. Uh, ah, he'll just put I love phones in. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Mark. Really appreciate your time, man. Congrats thank on you. everything, man. Yeah, congrats hey, on the engagement, it. dude. You're gonna oh, be able to say my wife thank has you. an inner ear infection now, so that's awesome. <laughs> We're getting married in India. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pinter. Thanks again, man. Thank you. All right. Later. Bye.